Welcome to Food and Loathing, your weekly glimpse into one of the most exciting and, once again, masked up restaurant and bar scenes in America, in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Al Mancini, joined by Jason Harris and our producer, Rich Johnson. And those masks are only if you're employed, because that makes sense. Let's not have everyone wear masks, just a few people. I got my mask. I I will carry a mask for the rest of my life in my pocket. That's smart. Rich, today, Al, today, THC, CBD, AFL, CEO, CIO, AMFM, actually. (laughs) We're just going to talk about those first two as we devote a large portion of this episode to marijuana edibles. We'll head over to the source, one of the top Las Vegas dispensaries. And sometimes Y and W. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, after C, if there's an E there. And, And don't forget, call before you dig. Also, we'll follow up on a few of the items from last week's podcast as I crash a lunch Jason was having with the top local bartender to set the record straight on exactly what cocktail he invented. And the owner of a popular local music venue will tell us about his expansion onto Fremont Street. Top local bartender, top bartender in the world. He's a mixologist, the modern mixologist. That's for later. But... uh <laughs> You know, we're joking around here, and Al, I'm not the only one who combines food and comedy. One of the best in the business is Tom Papa, former cooking show host, current SiriusXM host, and Netflix-worthy comedian who's coming to town this month. We'll talk to him in just a few minutes. Okay, first, let's take a look at what we've been up to over the past week. I actually just got back from a breakfast where I was stood up by Jason. Yeah, um, I no-showed it, Rich. Oh, God. He totally no-showed it. I'll, um, I will always be your emergency plus one. You're going to do that with me tonight as yeah, well, yeah. but we'll talk more about that. But <laughs> for breakfast, um, there's a new breakfast menu over at Gallo, which is sort of the ghost kitchen that's running out of Madero on Carson. There's a lot of prefaces to this but i was eating breakfast burritos and breakfast tacos i wasn't even going to go to this thing because it was at like nine o'clock in the morning media and jason asked me if i wanted to go and this is what always happens jason calls me (laughs) invites me to stuff i decide to go and then jason texts me the night before and says he's not going that's how you alpha dog someone that's what I oh, did right there. Noted. <laughs> so anybody who wants to know how to get me out to one of their events, you call Jason, get him to tell me he's going, and then he won't show up, but I will. And you wonder why uh, you get invited to more things and get deliveries to your house, and I just complain about not getting that stuff. Yeah, that might be the reason. Maybe because I show up when I tell them that I'm going to. When I got back, and nobody knew we were recording this podcast at my house today. We've never done this before. And yet the nice people from Yonuts, which is having a grand opening this weekend, and we'll talk more about that later but they dropped off some mini donuts for us so i hope you guys are enjoying those Yo nuts! sugar sugar i got some sugar this is just my life like pe- stuff shows up at the house and you know just people always ask how, how do you you know why, why is certain stuff on your facebook page or on your whatever i'm like this is just the shit that happens in my day <laughs> if food or booze or you know whiskey sh- or, or puppy dogs i don't care anything shows up weird at my house i'm going to take a picture of it and put it on social media that's it you don't have to pay me to do that well, i just it's what happens are you going to tell us about the breakfast burritos or what's happening the breakfast burritos were very solid um it's a new menu that they're offering it's burritos and tacos it's going to be out of the ghost kitchen that's happening out of madero so we had some chorizo and eggs we did um you know it i mean look the breakfast burritos the breakfast tacos i enjoyed them very much the company that i had them with was much better than if you had showed up anyway <laughs> a lot of social media people and i got to stand around and take pictures of people who were lighting their videos of people making food so you know because i'm always since i'm not primarily social media I'm sort of the second generation social media guy who's behind them. So I get pictures of the social media influencers. So somebody needs to take a picture of you, taking a picture of them, taking a picture of the food. Just another level to the madness. We are so meta. He's the guy behind the guy. Um, You know what's funny, Rich? I don't know if you know this, and maybe this is a discussion for another time. But Al has some real deep-seated hatred towards ghost kitchens, and I'd love to get into that. So <laughs> I don't really necessarily have a hatred for them. It's just that I hate them. Um, wow! So, thank you. Yeah, I, I, just, cleared I, that I, up. I, have, I have no use for it. It was a it was a great trend that was it was a horrible trend before the pandemic. Um, then suddenly it became a very necessary trend, and we yeah. were all super happy for it. And a lot of people saw it as a salvation for them from the pandemic. And and God bless that. I'm super. You know, I'm I'm happy that that worked out. But come on, people, mask up. Get vaccinated. Go back out. Eat in a restaurant. That's what I'm saying. Screw the ghosts. Rabble. I ain't afraid of no ghosts, and I will take them on. But Jason, we have been to 
to a few places that to, to a few of the same places the, this last week, at least one. Yeah, and we didn't even go together. It was joyous. <laughs> it was joyous because we weren't there together. So tell people what you thought um, about Gabby's. Gabby's Gorditas, which yes. is a new Mexican healthier spin on Mexican food. Is it healthier? I don't know, but it's cool. They're making the Gorditas uh, fresh there at Gabby's. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a mix between a pita and a tortilla, I guess you would say, for if you haven't had it before, like a Mexican Hot Pocket for uh, white people <laughs> who don't understand ethnic food. <laughs> yeah. Um, I told you when you were going that, that my favorite dish was probably the elote. That is the um, the street corn I desire, if I may. Yeah. Um, but it, it's much lighter, not really as coated in mayo and cream and all that kind of stuff. Did you enjoy that I one? did like the elote. It's in a cup. It's not in a gordita. I also tried the uh, ahi, which is also in a cup. And I think those are good preparations. The gorditas are nice. My favorite was the rajas, which um, uh, Freddie, the owner, told me was like their big surprise seller. I would say one thing, and this is just a trend that we keep coming back to a little editing on some of the dishes goes a long way okay and um i just also while i was there i spoke to the owner alfredo de, de la torre and he talked he walked me i should say through a few more items on the menu could you run through some of the other things on the menu and tell people what some of your signature dishes are well i think the rajas for the vegetarians is awesome it's got that it, they're roasted and again, you know, you add a little bit of body when you roast it. It has Oaxaca cheese. It has, it's a very simple but yet complex way to do things. Um, we don't buy them frozen. We don't buy them pre-made. We literally roast everything in there and it gives it that nice, beautiful body. And without having to add, you know, too many ingredients on it. Uh, the picadillo, which is our ground beef. Uh, it, it's a little blend that we did. It's a little house blend. We use chuck. Um, we used uh, a little bit of brisket, and we used a little bit of short rib on there, and then we just added to get salt content without having to add salt. We add a little bit of pork, maybe like five or 10% of it. Um, again, that's to utilize the protein and let that stand out. Everything you bite into has layers for a reason. You know, when I developed the menu, I wanted it to be complex for those who look for that complexity, that know that, have that eye, like yourself, you understand what you're eating, but I also wanted people that looked at something traditional and go, wow, that's a great take on it in a, in a healthier way without being intrusive or, or saying, oh, you have to eat healthy. No, I chose to give you something healthy. And if you like it, then and still to keep that traditional flavor, that's a win for me. Another place I made it into this week was um, went back to Chinglish. You remember a few weeks ago I told you I had sampled oh, yeah. a dish on their brunch menu, even though I wasn't there for brunch. So I went back and I had the whole brunch menu. You had asked me what that interesting fried rice I had is. So I just got to go and tell you, it's called the Fukian fried rice. The Fukian mm. fried rice. And I mean, I used to think that um, Fuck Him Long was the most fun Asian uh, reference on our Chinatown. and But now, if you go out to Boca Park and you go into Chinglish, you can order the Fuki and fried rice. And both of us being from Jersey, saying Fukin and Fukin and Vukin, it's natural for us. Then last week's episode, Jason mistakenly credited our mutual friend and barman extraordinaire, Tony Abu Ghanem, with inventing the sidecar. Innocent mistake, I gotta tell you. And, and Jason, you were happy to correct it. You're awesome. But when I heard that you and Tony were having lunch together around the corner from my house at Meraki, I had to crash. I had to play that clip for Tony so I could get his reaction, and here's how that went. So, Tony, you want to set the record straight on what it is you invented? <laughs> oh, man, thank you, Al. No, I did not invent the sidecar. That was, that was way before my time, but inspired by the sidecar, I created the cable car in 1996 at Harry Denton's Starlight Room in San Francisco, where our tagline was between the stars and the cable cars. So it's a riff on a classic sidecar, which in my opinion is a a riff on a brandy crust uh, and as Menken said there'll never be a totally original cocktail again just riffs on those that have come before it and this uh, then marks the 25th anniversary of the cable cars creation are you doing anything to celebrate the 25th anniversary I'm drinking a lot of cable cars <laughs> Tony uh, why has that drink resonated all over all these years 
Well, I think really what launched it was when I left San Francisco in 1998, came to Las Vegas to open the Bellagio and do the drink program there, and had 350 beautiful cocktail servers fall in love with the cable car. It, it might have something to do with the cinnamon sugar rim, um, and they would recommend it to all their guests. And, you know, if you have a beautiful cocktail server recommending a drink, you're probably going to try it. And that really launched the cable car's popularity. So, Jason, did I mess up your lunch with Tony when I played that for him? No, that's totally fair. And like we said, we owned it last week. Tony is a buddy and we work together. And what I loved about that clip is you see exactly why he's so good at what he does. Because he entertains you, but he educates you at the same time. And anytime you can get to Meraki, it's a good reason to go. It is. So that's why I went and crashed. One more clip um, before we get on to our very special guest who will be on momentarily with us, Mr. Tom Papa. But we teased it last week and we did not announce it because Rick... Our producer was saving the news for his other podcast. On the corner of Main Street, the only podcast produced by a Las Vegas casino, The Plaza. And I should say that we're probably his other podcast. That's his main podcast. We we're, are. His, <laughs> we're his side piece. Are, you, right? are we your side piece? Side and a half. So anyway, we teased um, the, this, but the cat's finally out of the bag. The Sand Dollar Lounge is opening a second location at the Plaza Hotel on Fremont Street. I paid owner Anthony Jamison a visit this week to get some more details. Congratulations. We understand that you're going to be opening down at the Plaza. What more can you tell us about about the space, when it'll open, and what you plan to do there that might be a little different than what we've seen at the original location? Um, the new spot's going to be maybe about double the size. It's uh, going to be a lot more rock-driven than blues, a little more like 70s clown, Rolling Stones, Exile, Main Street style. Um, opening in the fall. You know, that, that's going to be up to permitting and contractors, so we're kind of out of our hands. So what made you want to go downtown? And do you feel you're going to have a crossover audience from who you have here, or do you think it'll be a totally different audience? Uh, I think there'll be definitely some crossover. There will be a lot less uh, of our regulars just from the parking issue, and they're not getting off work on the strip coming straight over. But that's where the tourism corridor kind of fills in all those blanks. It's, you know, every night somebody's vacation down there, so shouldn't have any issues there. So, Jason, there's what Anthony has planned down for the plaza. Sounds good to me. Exile on Main Street reference, you know I'm going to go there. It should be awesome. So, in the meantime, we are very psyched to be joined by a very special guest. He's a stand-up comic legend who will be headlining Win wins encore theater on july 30th as well as an author a tv satellite radio and podcast host and an accomplished baker who shares his love of breads bagels pretzels and almost anything with yeast on his podcast breaking bread with tom papa his food network show baked with tom papa and his youtube video series getting baked with Dom- tom papa tom am i missing anything there i know you also have a, a netflix show you have a book um and a lot of references to getting baked so we may have to talk about that because this is our cannabis episode as well yeah it's mostly um it's it it, it, we seem to have a baked theme for sure and now my daughters uh who are college age now one of them's college age they are not convinced that this has anything to do with with making bread Yeah, I'm sure that um, I'm sure they're getting the references there. I got to tell you, Tom, I tried to find Baked with Tom Papa on Prime Video to do some research for this show, because uh, apparently at one point it was on Prime. It's no longer there. But when you type in B-A-K-E-D, which seems like a way to find it, it offers you suggestions for categories, including the category Baked Women Having Sex, which has 17 movies under it. So um, if I seem like maybe I didn't prep as much as I should have for this, it's because I got a little distracted by that i totally understand you you definitely have your uh, life in order well the thing is there's 17 tom so you can't just stop or go in the middle there's a sequence you have to deal with there it's like the mcu you have to watch it in order you won't you know? get it <laughs> so tom man uh, it's great to have you on and it's great that you are back on the road doing stand-up I'm, I'm i'm sure you may have been prepped i guess jason my co-host here is also a stand-up comic and a foodie and a wedding officiant just like you are and i know he's been antsy not being able to get out on the road and get in front of crowds how have you weathered this COVID thing man yeah i did um i kept going as much as i could i probably got out like once a month during from like last june through november like i just picked clubs that i knew were going to handle it well and the city was under control and i figured you know anything i could do to get out a little bit and then uh and then i really shut it down through the winter 
And now it's really starting to starting to ramp up. And you know, I I'm working on my my next book, so I was able to keep writing. What I would do is <laughs> when I would normally go out to go do a uh, when I would normally go out and do stand up, I was going out and uh, going into my office and writing comedy for the book. So uh, <laughs> so that was like a, a, my little way to cheat my brain. Well, Am I all blurry now? Do you see me all blurry? We, yeah, but it's a podcast. Nobody yeah. cares. Your sharp audio <laughs> will all right. cut right through the masses. Tom, I, right, want, cool. I want to follow up on that because like I. Yeah. So I was just creatively trying to put it out there and, and try and survive. And, and you know, and, but you, you realize once you went back and started performing that you were kind of lying to yourself. Because once the audience started laughing and giving you that energy back, you're like, oh, right. This is what it's supposed to well, be. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Just once a month, it's like you're teasing yourself at that point, right? Doesn't it hurt to not be able to go out and just refine and refine and refine? Yeah, for sure. It, that You missed a big component of the process, which is the edit, the final editing of it, which you get from putting it up on stage in front of an audience and they tell you whether you're great or you suck. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you, when they're not there, you kind of walk around thinking, uh, on your own. And that usually sometimes it pans out, but you really need the audience. So that whole, it really stopped. It, it made it difficult because you could only write so much without going for that last step. So, you just ended up watching a lot of TV. So when people come and see you at Win on the 30th, is this going to be all new material? And is it material that you're that you're already comfortable with? Or is, are you going to be working it out and really just kind of workshopping it in front of these folks? No, it's uh, it's dialed in. I'm actually I'm actually gotten to a point where I could shoot the next special. This is, uh, you know, I've, I've worked really hard, like I said, trying to keep going during the pandemic and then I've been doing a bunch of shows since uh, probably February, and it's really dialed in now. There's, there's no. I mean, you're always adding. You're always adding some stuff, but the act is definitely solid and ready to go. With your love of baking and food and all things carbs, are we going to get some uh, food material in there, or are we leaving that just for Gaffigan? Am I going to what? Uh, will we get some food material in the new special, or is that Gaffigan only? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. You know, it's interesting. I really don't talk about baking when I'm, I'm doing my stand up and people come in and they're like they're giving me baked goods and they're giving me bread and like people show up from the local like bakeries and stuff. And uh, you're it's almost like it's almost like if you go to Vegas, you should do Vegas material. I really got to put some bread, some bread, bread material in <laughs> a, well, ba a bake shop tour. That's a you know, talk about a niche audience there. you can just go around from like cupcakery and bread bakery to bread bakery well tom i think what i'm going to do is ask our our listeners and we'll do this towards the end of the show again but anybody who's listening to this podcast we do have a pair of tickets to give away and i want them to recommend their favorite baked good in las vegas so that when you're here you'll be able to and i'll have them tag you on social media as well and then that way you know where to go get baked goods or do you already have your favorite bakeries in las vegas planned out no, I don't. And I would love to hear the suggestions and, and give me something that that, you know, that the Internet's not going to give me or some like, you know, that Yelp's not going to have number one. Give me the secrets. What, where do you eat when you are in town? I mean, do, do you know, obviously, comics come to Vegas a lot. I'm assuming you're fairly familiar with our city. Do you have favorite restaurants that you eat at? No, I don't move around that much when I'm doing shows. It's it's always so exhausting moving around, like just getting to dinner in Vegas is such a such a journey. I usually just sit in my room, have room service, go to the stage and then pour out into uh, whatever bar they direct me to. Are you more of a cook at home kind of guy generally? I mean, the fact that you go on all of these different venues and show people how to make bread, um, it would seem to me that you you like your kitchen maybe more than you like eating out in, in restaurants. But I don't know. I'm asking. Are you are you yeah, more of a stay home guy? I yeah, definitely. Like the uh, I like going out, but it's gotten to a point where I've gotten really good at what I can make, which is you know Italian and uh, and grilling and stuff like that, and. Uh, so I, if I am going to go out, it's got to be a place where I can't do it. Like last night, I'm in New York right now, and I went to a French place. Because that cooking to me is, you know, 
above my pay grade. I don't really understand it. So I got to go someplace where like I'm not going to try and make a croissant at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I'm not I'm not so arrogant to think that there isn't better out there. But if I go to an if someone drags me to an Italian place and they serve me cacio e pepe, there's a good chance I um, make that better. I feel like I want to accept that challenge, Tom, and take you to a few Italian places in town to cacio e pepe it up to see who's <laughs> who's really the winner here. But you do a lot of sourdough. How old's your starter, man? That's the sourdough question we got to ask. Yeah, I've got one. The one that my daughter got started for me is like seven years old. And the one that my friend gave me is probably like 15 years old. Then that one came from like the La Brea Bakery lineage like he got it from a friend and a friend and that kind of thing but you know in 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 sourdough starter world that's like those are infants yeah you know there's a lot of people that are cranking them out at 100 years old i got to tell you tom we have a pizza guy who's making pizza in an alley off of fremont street with 120 year old starters so if you got a little time we're going to take you down to yukon pizza at the test kitchen maybe while you're here that's my recommendation for you there you go that's the kind of reference i want well, yeah, but you have La Brea Bakery, so you can name drop like Nancy Silverton whenever you want to get a little credibility that way. So, <laughs> yeah, she's gotten so commercial though. With guys <laughs> in the alley. <laughs> Tom, I have a question for you as a comic. You know, like, um, do you? Because it's like a peaceful exercise. Baking. Are you developing material? Do you find it? You know, kind of freeze your brain to think about ideas while you're doing that. Uh, yeah, and even more than that, it's. It's very similar to stand up in that it's very humbling and you really can't master it. Like you can keep getting better at it and it's a craft that you can hone in and you can really start to improve. But every once in a while you just something happens and it doesn't turn out right at all, just like stand up. So I love that it, it, it both of them require a, a passion, but also a patience and a humility that feels very comfortable. Jason, you have no patience or humility in your stand-up or your eating whatsoever. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not going to. Co- I was going to say, Tom, we plugged you for the win. Do you want to plug my show for the hilarious seven at the Alexis Park this weekend? <laughs> Absolutely. Come on now. <laughs> Tom, man, thanks. It's so great having you on. And I, I want to remind people again, tickets are available. Um, you're playing Win on the 30th. It's a Friday night show. I just checked Ticketmaster. There's $45 seats and $75 seats available. For a man who is not only a, um, well, all the things I said when I introduced you, that is a bargain. That's but a bargain price. The most important thing is he's damn funny. So go see him, man. Yeah, well, your your Netflix special had me and my wife cracking up last night. So, um, you know, we were enjoying that, watching that again. So, yeah, awesome. you, you've got great material. And, you know, I do love that you tell people to eat what they want and not worry about giving up bread to lose three pounds, which I think is the best <laughs> advice ever. Yeah, bring the bread in the audience. <laughs> Life is short. Get out there and enjoy yourself. Well, thanks, man. Thanks so much for your time. And we're going to tell people how to win tickets to your show at the end of this podcast. And hopefully I will see you while you're in town, man. But eat up while you're here. We'll get some people tagging you with recommendations. Awesome. You guys are the best. Take care. Up next, it's edibles time. You've heard about marijuana edibles before, but have you ever heard it on weed? Get ready and get elevated. This is Food and Loathing. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Food and Loathing. I'm Al Mancini with my co-host Jason Harris coming to you for this segment from a different type of local business. Instead of a bar or a restaurant, we are at the Source Cannabis Dispensary. My um, my 20-year-old self would be so jealous of me today. Jason, tell the truth. Is this your first visit to a dispensary since cannabis has been legal I've, in Nevada? I've uh, shuttled friends back and forth. I'm not a weed person. I'm not against it. It just never stuck with me. So I've just been, uh, you know, the, the quote-unquote Uber guy for them. 
Well, I'm curious what you think. I mean, I love the vibe. I think a lot of people who are coming to, La to Las Vegas or Nevada for the first time who don't have legal dispensaries in their home state may be a little weirded out by what it's like to walk into a dispensary. But this is like going into like a high-class doctor's office or something. I don't know. I think it's like working uh, or going into a certain technology store that makes phones and computers and uh, has a very slick look to it and an organized system you know think different now okay i'm thinking differently because i use proper grammar I'm no that I jobs was, okay. <laughs> okay anyway um look we are here because i honestly believe that marijuana and cannabis edibles and the drinkables have been unfairly overlooked by most food and beverage journalists and critics i mean come on you eat it you drink it and yes yeah, some people use it to get wasted i cannot for the life of me think how that's any different than covering food and wine and whiskey and tequila Wait. and it makes you want to eat and drink more sometimes. Exactly. Yet at my most recent job, we all know where I was working, the paper of record here, Las Vegas Review Journal, I was not allowed to write about cannabis products, including edibles and drinks. Now that's cool. That's their gig. And um, none of none of my business, what they choose. But I really feel that, they're, that we should be covering this as food and beverage reporters. It makes a lot of sense. So Jason, thank you for coming for your first visit. Um, and man, we have some great guests who are here with us today who know a lot more than I do. Um, so to join us and help us through this strange new world of food and beverage, I'm joined by the editor of Elevate NV. Is it Elevate NV or Elevate Nevada? Elevate Nevada. Elevate Nevada Magazine, Beth Schwartz, thank you and thanks for correcting me. And Chef Stacy Dugan of Simply Pure, one of the top vegan chefs in Las Vegas. Um, I know you just closed Simply Pure in the Container Park and you have new projects. We're going to talk about that, but you're also a pretty well-known cannabis chef, right? Yes, that's right. Well, I'm becoming. I'm, I'm, I'm working my way there you know <laughs> for sure <laughs> well thanks so much for for coming down here and um thank you both for being willing to talk about this because i mean do you guys agree are we missing out on people that really cover edibles in that food and beverage sphere uh, i definitely feel like it's completely overlooked no question i feel the same way and um i think one of the reasons why is again because the the cannabis space is so new and people are still really afraid of cannabis for whatever reason and so that's why i'm glad we're having this conversation because it just opens up the gateway for more conversation and education is really big um once people start educating themselves then it becomes easier for people to like grasp the fact that it's okay to consume cannabis <laughs> and to talk about it <laughs> and to talk about it openly you know? yes because okay. it's, hel it's helped so many people so yeah. and here's my thing i'm not concerned with why somebody uses cannabis um, i don't care if you're using it to treat anxiety to treat cancer to improve your xbox gaming experience i mean like that's for you i don't care if you're using cbds or if you're using thc whether you're using it medically whether you're using it for the high that is for you i'm concerned with how we move it into food and beverages and that has become kind of one of the top selling products, right? I mean, it seems to me that a lot of people are consuming edibles as opposed to smoking. And, you know, it's certainly easier. You're not, you know, people don't complain that, you know, you're smoking flour and they can smell the, the smoke in the room. Right. The dis yeah, because edibles are so discreet. I think that's why they've seen a lot of popularity. Plus, when we were all stuck at home in the pandemic, last summer, beverages went skyrocketed. And I think that's why you could discreetly drink your beverage at home and nobody really knew and the beverages are nice there's only you know they're 10 milligrams or 25 milligrams it's a nice little you know evens you out creates a nice balance and you know during a pandemic what i mean i think we were all looking for that yeah. would that also work as a mixed drink can you mix it with stuff so you're saying if you want to add vodka to your... Yeah, if I want to just, you know, <laughs> hang loose. So, so what I would do, because I've been experimenting with food and cannabis. And so um, one of the things that I started making was a tincture. So you could drop the tincture drops into the vodka. And that's a really nice uh, type of drink. You know, vodka, cranberry, and the tincture. Just a couple drops. So as someone who doesn't know, what is a tincture? Oh, tincture. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So um, a tincture is, you know, it, it's a medicinal... Oil. Just like a, um, oil. Well, this one I make out of uh, Everclear grain alcohol. So it's uh, alcohol it's, and alcohol. Uh, right. I want to party but, with you. 
<laughs> but you, I, when I prepare it, it takes about eight hours to make so all the alcohol is essentially taken out of it. So you're not, you know, you're not having that low like kind of alcohol feel. You're just getting the medical benefits of the cannabis. And so um, I could tell you about the process. I don't know if we have enough time though, but that's basically what it is. And so it's little droppers. So you know, just like little droppers you put underneath your tongue. But I wouldn't do that. I usually just <laughs> tell people to put it in the drink because it's really strong under your tongue. Okay. Um, well, that's awesome, and I do want to talk. Maybe we'll get a recipe from that before we get to the end, because I do want to get to recipes. But I want to touch on the basics, because I'd like to make this a regular feature of this podcast where we talk about edibles almost every week, a new one. That would be great for me. But for this big first venture into <laughs> edibles, um, let's, let's hit the basics for people who may not be familiar with them at all. First of all, the law. Okay, let's let's get it straight. Um, cannabis is legal in the state of Nevada. Correct. It is not legal federally. Correct. So right. you're going to want to confine what you do to within the state. You don't want to get on an airplane. You don't want to nope. cross state D- lines. Don't travel right. with it, yes. folks. <laughs> Even if you're going to Colorado? Even if you're going to Colorado, what I wouldn't you, risk it. I wouldn't either. I mean, if you're lines. going to Colorado, just get it in Colorado. Right. That's <laughs> yes. I mean, honestly, once you cross state lines, you're giving the feds a reason. To, Trafficking. To, exactly. yeah, yeah. Basically, they interstate commerce and you travel trafficking and all that fun stuff. So keep it in state. Um, The other thing, you know, I want to talk to people about how easy it is to come into one of these dispensaries. I mean, I just signed up as a customer here. By the way, we are at the Source Cannabis Dispensary. We're on the corner of Rainbow and Sahara. This is one of three of their local spaces. Um, And I know they have one up in Reno as well. Um, So that's where we are right now. I've never shopped at the Source before, so I came in, just signed myself up as a customer. Real simple. You show them your driver's license. You give them your phone number. You're already enrolled in their frequent buyer's program. And you get discounts and all that kind of fun stuff. So um, is there anything else people need to know about the first time they walk into a legal dispensary? You might want to do a little bit of research just because, I mean, you might want to try to figure out if you want a beverage, if you want an edible, if you want a pre-roll, which is a joint for those from, you know, (laughs) many decades ago, you know, a flower or whatever it is you want to, type of experience you want to have. Although these bud tenders in these dispensaries are so amazingly educated that they will gladly walk you through the whole process. And that's what's amazing about the Nevada dispensaries is that level of education. I've been to dispensaries in other states and it's not at all like that. So we're extremely lucky how well educated they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and you mentioned bud tenders and I love that that's the name, <laughs> the bud tender, like a bartender, but they tend you your buds. Uh, the other vocabulary words you're going to need to know, and this is really where it comes down to, do you want to get high? Do you want to get healthy? What do you want to get? Mm-hmm. Um, the main words that I pulled out are THC, CBD, CBN, terpenes. These are the things that are going to confuse people, right? So Correct. off the bat, who wants to start explaining those? I right now I'm only experimenting with THC, um, but THC is the active part of the plant that it gives you that elevated feeling, and so um, that's what you, when people are smoking or whatever, that's what gives you that that high, so to speak. I don't like to say high; I like to say elevation. <laughs> <laughs> Elevate, elevation. Mm. See how I threw that in there? Nice plug. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the CBD CBD is the uh, portion of the plant that is really great. I mean, the the entire plant is good for healing. But it doesn't necessarily give you that head high. It's more of the uh, the body relaxant. So the entire plan is medicinal. So whatever you know, whatever acronyms you choose to consume, <laughs> you're yeah. going to get the medical benefits. You know. But CBD and also CBNs, I believe. Um, th- that's if if you have a grandmother who doesn't want to get high but needs the health benefits, or if you have a child who needs the health benefits and you don't want to get them high, like that. The, the CBD, you, there's no risk anybody's going to get wasted on Correct. CBD. They're non-psychoactive. Yes. That's Correct. the word. Yes. 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 Exactly. Cool. Um, so what I find weird, though, is in the edible space, it can be a little harder to find CBDs than it is to find THC. Now, I guess a lot more people just want to get high but it all, than, than who want to get healthy, maybe, and especially in Las Vegas. But that seems a little strange. Have you guys noticed that, that we are maybe a little lacking? I know, you know, there are brands of gummies that I buy, like Wild, which has purely CBD. So you can buy uh, certain flavors of that and you're not going to get any psychoactive properties. But those are a little rare, right? Right. Well, the drinks, there's there's a lot of CBD drinks actually Mm -hmm. and coffee. Um, I call myself a CBD junkie because I, my, uh, all my facial products, all my beauty products are CBD. You know, my coffee, my water, I ingest a heck of a lot of CBD Mm -hmm. and I love it. And so I, I seem to find a lot of it, but I'm also not taking it medicinally. I'm just taking it 
you know, for beauty and whatnot, wellness. But in the edible sphere, I guess, so you're saying the drinkables. The, the drink, there's a lot in the drinks. Okay. But you're right. And, and, the can't, so, and there's a lot of CBD stores because there's different regulations for CBD. So it's more like accessible. When you go into a dispensary, you may not find as many CBD edibles because when people go to dispensaries, they're usually not looking for that. They can get that from, you know, another CBD store that's just a standalone. So. And if it's hemp CBD, that's federally legal. Absolutely. Okay. So that puts a different twist on it. Okay. You can order that anywhere from any place because it's federally legal because of the hemp bill. The farm bill in 2018 passed hemp and made it legal. Okay. Okay. So that. But not cannabis CBD. See, that's just, <laughs> see, it's. It's just crazy. It's very clear <laughs> right. as mud. But I am working, I'm working on, because I have um, kale, cannabis kale chips that I make, and that's THC, but when I was trying to get it and talking to different dispensaries, they were like, well, we love the idea, but we can't do THC. They'd be like, why don't you mm. infuse them with CBD? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm, I am working on a line of CBD products as well, because like you said, they need more in dispensaries, and they're looking for, you know, innovative, unique things. So Okay, I need... Maybe both your help, at least one of you to help me. I do not sleep well, and I keep hearing edibles, gummies, this, that. I need help. I wake up, like, almost every hour. It's horrible. Look at these. These guys <laughs> oh, make me look like, stop. you know, you I need some lives. of your beauty <laughs> products there. But really what I need is a good night's sleep. What are we doing? Yeah. How CBN. Are we gonna, CBN. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a cannabinoid. So THC, CBD, those are all cannabinoids, and CBN is your sleep cannabinoid mm-hmm. okay that so you look, like a, so you could look for gummies or different products that have cbn in it all right because i hear cabin cannabinoid which i can barely pronounce and i hear like robot from the future coming back at a time to take <laughs> over all the cannabis plants or something i was thinking like a robot cannibal right so either way <laughs> but do you have a recommendation or how would i go about getting the right one for myself well you know what uh there's tincture and there actually i've seen a lot of those come out since the pandemic started Mm-hmm. which makes sense that you'd have all these CBN products come out because people were not sleeping and they were so anxious during the pandemic. So there, if you just probably walked right into the source right here, you'd see they have CBN gummies, they have CBN tincture and any of that stuff. I'm sure the bud tenders would Before have, you leave, yeah. just You're gonna go help ahead me? and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Before you leave, we're going to walk around because the source is actually this, this location too is the location that I usually frequent the most. I actually I went to their website last night and I found um, gummies, 10 different brands available from the source where we are right now. Some mm-hmm. with THC, some with CBD, some with CBN. And then actually even breaking it down further that if you're getting the THC, you can decide if you want sativa, indica, or hybrid. Mm-hmm. Now that's Correct. a rarity, it seems, in edibles is really breaking down the strain. Right. And, and, and there, there are only a couple brands that seem to give you when you're buying gummies and you want to get high, mm-hmm. giving you a choice between indica or sativa or a, a hybrid of the two. A lot of times it seems like the bud tenders know, like I said, especially and I mean, I know we're sitting in the source, but the source is so the bud tenders are so good about educating people on like what's going to be a sativa, which is more of a, a, a focuser. If you do a sativa, it's going to be more of giving more focus, you're gonna more get a lot energy. Done. Right. Exactly. But if you do an indica, that's more of like a nighttime kind of. You'll be in the couch. In the couch. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And the hybrid is just kind of a combination. I try, I tend to lean more towards the hybrid. But I'm but, also um, a hybrid gal. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And so um, they're they're pretty educated when you get the edibles. They'll let you know like what the, the effect will be when you when but, you consume. But Jason, another, you know, with the terpenes, they also have different mm, health be- yes. healing benefits. And myrcene is this one that's... Uh, causes you to want to go to sleep. Yes. So if you go in here and, and it's on all, all the labeling in Nevada lists the terpenes. So if you came in here and said to the bun tender, I need something mercine heavy, that will put you to sleep. Quick follow up on that. Which is the one that will make me heal my relationship with my mom? Sorry, I'll move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, Jason. <laughs> They're creating that strain right now. <laughs> That's being created. Speaking of all this stuff here, a question for someone who else is like Jason's kind of a, a total newbie virgin at this. We're at a place called The Source that has three locations. Is everything behind that counter unique to this company, or can it be found elsewhere in Nevada? Because I assume every product is still state-specific. 
No, you can find it at other dispensaries. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody carries different stuff, but some of them overlap. But yeah. the brands go from store to store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. them, that yeah. brand Wild that I was talking about, yeah. they, they have that here and they have it at most dispensaries. Yes. And there are a lot. That's a very lot popular, also. popular brand. I'm going to be right behind Jason on that tour. <laughs> I also <laughs> need the sleep. Thing. If you go in there, it's interesting because they have gummies, 10 different brands, three brands of chocolates in there. They have drinks in large cans and shots and carbonated beverages. They have baked goods, Stroop waffles of all things, right? Mm-hmm. Which they list by the terpene, red velvet cookies, etc. Dried fruits, capsules, which to me are more like taking pills, not really edibles. Um, and also seasonings and sugars. Yes. There's a chipotle fire seasoning in here that has um, CBG, CBN, and THC, mostly THC. And there's a vegetable seasoning in there as well, which is CBG and most Is that THC. sold delicious? Yeah, I think it's sold delicious. I believe it is? so. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm... So that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like you said, Al, this is mostly kind of sweets here. There's a few little seasonings, like you said, but I want to get into the savory. Yeah. How do we how do we utilize this for savory? So that's so interesting because that's something that is missing from the market. Like as I continue to do research, people are telling me whatever product you come up with, Stacey, we need more savory products. And then the the products. But the thing is, they also have to be the shelf life. You know, you have to consider that as well. So. Yeah, there's not there's more sweets definitely than savory. That's why I love the um, the so delicious because they were able to just kind of penetrate the market with with something different outside of you know cookies and gummies and stuff. Um, something that's also strange to me is is the dosing. You know, mm-hmm. um, everything seems to come for the most part in 10 milligram doses. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these things are very hard to break down. Some of these gummies are tiny little gumdrops. And if you decide 10 milligrams is too much for you, that's really rough. And I think once we start doing reviews, that's going to be something that's really important to me. Somebody wants to get into it. But is, is 10 milligrams the highest dose because i i'll tell you when i had never done any i mean look we all have the stories of doing edibles my first trip to amsterdam in the 90s right Ooh, and you, that's exciting yeah they tell you only <laughs> to eat you know a quarter of the space cake and then an hour goes by and then and like it, you're not high yet right, you take, take another, another one and then another hour goes by and you're not high yet and you eat the whole damn space cake and then you're staring at your laundry and well, that was probably just <laughs> me in amsterdam <laughs> but that, that, that's a big thing with with edibles is it can take several hours to hit certain people Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yes. you need to know that. And yes. Is 10 milligrams like a normal dose? That is a, a, a normal dose for people who are just starting. But right then it now. also depends on, you know, what the THC content is of the actual edible. Because if the THC content was made with flour, that was only 17 Point five what gram milligrams I think it is, is that how they, yes. then but you have another edible that was twenty eight point five <laughs> milligrams then you take ten you know milligrams of that versus so it's really good to like talk to the butt tender I tell people all the time like get do as much education as you can but and then you're just gonna kind of have to experiment but ten I think they cap it at ten a lot because if you take 10, then you're not going to be, your, be looking at your laundry go around and around. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, I, I, when, when, when it first became legal here, the very first time I bought a gummy here, the THC gummy in Nevada, and I was going to try it, and I had not smoked weed in decades probably, and um, I took a half of a 10 milligram, and I was pretty damn high. Yeah, so, okay. it, you know, yeah. if you don't have experience... It can mess you up, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I say go a little at a time. And some people do have the little five milligram mints that you yes. can mm-hmm. start that's with right. as yeah, well. That's right. You're supposed to start low and go slow. That part. Low and slow, just like good barbecue, <laughs> yeah. right? There you go. It sounds like it's a natural fit. <laughs> exactly. Stacy, as a chef. I guess my question for you is, why don't I see more chefs doing cannabis dinners here in Las Vegas? I, I don't know. You know, we started doing cannabis dinners like three years ago yes, yes. in 2017. Yeah. Um, and I started doing it just because of my love of the plant. Like, it really helped me personally. And I'm like, if I can incorporate this into food, and I love food so much. Um, I, th- I think that, uh, one, there's a stigma still around cannabis. And then, two, in order to cook with cannabis, it, it's a science. Like, it's not something that you can just go in the kitchen and just do. You legit have to have certain measurements. You have to let people know how much they're consuming. And so it's a lot of work. I don't think, and I don't think people, a lot of chefs want to really get into the research that really has to go into um, when you're preparing with with cannabis. Because I've taken, like, years to to kind of get my my program down so yes i'd like to throw out a challenge al but now that you've said that i actually pitched a tv show called altered tastes and the concept was 
two chefs in a head-to-head matchup. One is completely stone and, and the other is sto- stone cold sober, right? But we're cooking with cannabis in one round. And then the next round, we're looking at a picture and we're cooking a meal that's inspired by the picture. And I think, Chef Stacy, we should find an opponent for you. Yes, And we should do, do this. I would uh, love that. And with, with <laughs> the help of Elevate NV and Food and Loathing, let's make altered tastes happen right okay. here. Yes. I think we should start planning that almost. I really do. I love that. Right? I love I think that idea. Fantastic. How much fun would that be? Because there's pitching. no cooking, <laughs> nobody really doing that in Vegas. The, the market's so wide open for cannabis. There's so many ways to you know to to benefit from what's happening. I also think that's a great way for people to learn. You mm-hmm. know, of course absolutely, I'm yes, because you can educate in the in the in the program. Is there an underground? Like, is there like a list I can get on where I find out where there are chefs doing these any secret dinners or the kind no. of things you were there, talking about? There were a couple of years ago. There was a little bit going on. It had mm-hmm. started, but then you know with. COVID and the pandemic, that all just really came to a screeching halt. Yeah. I think it's worth noting, too, that the casino chefs will have nothing to do with it for most cases, because even though it is legal here in Nevada, and we should warn people about this, you you cannot smoke up in a casino. Um, no. And basically, no. the idea being that they're worried about federal regulators, mm-hmm. and they have And their gaming licenses. Their gaming right, exactly. Licenses. Yeah. So they have all have very strict no-cannabis policies, Correct. which makes edibles a much better way to consume absolutely during your trip so discreet yeah yes. because when you come here when when tours and that's been the biggest thing when tours come they can they can purchase but they can't consume anywhere really i mean now we've gotten laws that have passed with consumption lounges but that's still slow going and so i mean i have friends that have had to duck behind corners and cars on the strip just to consume right. so mm. <laughs> you talked about consumption lounges and i know a lot of people who are coming to las vegas they probably are envisioning this you know especially if you're coming from a state where there is no legal cannabis, think you could just kind of sit there and smoke up out of a hookah and there'd be, you know, beautiful dancing girls and boys around and all that. But we don't really have any lounges in town yet, but they are coming. One, coming. One, that's right. You told me about that. And I went up there. The Paiutes have theirs. And what'd you think of it? I didn't get into the lounge. I went up, I saw New Wu, which is, again, the Paiute tribe runs Mm -hmm. this, and it is in North Las Vegas. And they have a lounge in the back, but they were just reopening after COVID. You had told me about it, and it was only going to be open on the weekends. And the way that they explained it to me is you don't go and buy your own cannabis there and then go in the lounge and consume it you actually have to order a package this is what they told me when i oh. went in and and that that makes a little bit of a se- sense i guess because you know you don't go and buy well, very few places sell you a bottle of wine to take out and then you go and consume it mm-hmm. there right mm-hmm. so it's the same type of thing so you're going to pay probably higher prices for the to consume on site which you would have to do uh, and i'm guessing all of the new lounges will be a similar setup right you know what they actually what they're doing is uh the law officially passes october 1 for consumption lounges. And after that, they'll do a bunch of public hearings and meetings to sort of decide how the regulations will come in. And then the application process will be in January and February. And we really won't have consumption lounges till about Mm mid-2022. Okay. I want to ask the experts one more thing before we wrap this up. You guys have been around all these products in this forever. What is the best name of any strain you've ever heard? The best name. Just the coolest, funniest name? Yeah, whatever. Or the one that just hooked you. Love Triangle. <laughs> that was my favorite strain. That's my favorite of a lot of things. <laughs> that's, that was, and that's when I discovered the terpene limonene. limonene oh, okay. With Love Triangle. Um, yeah, that's my favorite. All right. <laughs> I want to get into cooking at home. And Stacy, you are the expert on that. So... Could you explain to me, do you need to buy your own flower, your marijuana plant, and infuse that into a butter yourself? Or can you buy a prepackaged CBD oil, or THC oil or CBD oil, whichever you want to use? You can do both, but I recommend if people are going to really take this medicinally, if they want to get into this, then they can buy flour and make their own. And it can be a small batch. And then I also, I have a machine because I make I make batches of coconut oil, olive oil, and the tincture. And I have a machine called the Magic Butter Machine. And it just helps to do it because all I have to do is push a button and I can go to sleep. Whereas before I was doing the old fashioned way on the stove mm. with the little thermometer. It was a, it was a mess. Like it was too much. So um, I, I recommend that people do both. It's not that difficult to do it from exactly from flour. But if you want it to come to a dispensary or something, there are places that, you know, sell um, cannabis oil and you can cook with it and things like that. Is it always butter and oils that are the base that you then use in your recipe? 
Not for me. Sometimes I use, like I said, I use the tincture, but and then I like I've done simple syrups before. So there are different things that you can do, but mo- the butter and the oil are mostly they're more more popular because at some point you're going to use butter and oil in your cooking. So what recipe would you recommend people try first at home? Oh, let's see. What could people do? Well, you know, I'm vegetarian, so (laughs) do a basic stir fry. I mean, you know, you can do like olive oil, infused oil, and then you uh, instead of using your regular oil, use your infused oil and then you mix, toss it, I'll say it with vegetables and or shrimp, shrimp scampi or whatever you would (laughs) use oil for. That sounds so good. Yes, absolutely. When my friend told me she wanted me to send her some oil because she wanted to make shrimp scampi. So that came to mind, too. Now, when we do this, (laughs) can we watch Super Troopers together? Absolutely. We can do during. (laughs) I have a friend that would Super Troopers, actually. That's another story for <laughs> yes. another time. Um, this has been great, and I know that we, this has been so much fun that I know we have to do it again. In fact, I'm thinking the title, would you do a regular cannabis section? I want to call it Edible Schmedibles. Oh, nice. I think that just sounds yes. like a good cannabis It, it rhymes like Super Troopers. Right. It, it does indeed. <laughs> In the meantime, Stacy, where can people find your food right now? Not your necessarily your cannabis infused mm-hmm infused food but also just your general um vegan food yeah so we are in transition so we closed our restaurant a couple of months ago um i actually found another restaurant location that i'm moving forward on um i can't disclose more than that but it's very exciting um uh, that would be some months down the line but um we are doing a weekly delivery and pickup service so people can just follow us on instagram facebook at simply pure lv we're like or just google simply pure by chef stacy dugan and we come up and yeah all the information is there. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, and of course, Beth, we have Elevate Nevada right here. I'm, I'm holding the new July issue of the magazine. Tell people a bit about where they can get it, what's in it, because this is your first dispensary guide, right? You, you know what? We're six years old. The magazine's six years old. And I don't know, It just during the pandemic, we're like, why have we never done a dispensary guide? So it's the ultimate dispensary guide because it's all the dispensaries in the entire state oh. uh, listed in there. And it just came out last week. You can get it at Smith's. Uh, Whole Foods, any of the groceries. That sounds awesome. And online? ElevateNV.com. Okay. Well, thank you both so much. Thanks for um, breaking this bold new ground in the world of food journalism and just really making my teenage fantasy come through by doing this segment <laughs> right here. do it more. Um, and if I could just give a thank you to Brandon Wigan for setting this all last minute and setting this up so last minute, I have to give him a shout out because um, he is one of the head honchos at uh, the, the source. source. Yes, at the, the source. source. And um, just for allowing us to use the space, I really appreciate it. Well, you saved me that. Thank you. But I'm going to thank the source again. <laughs> And definitely, you guys, check out if you're in the mood for a dispensary. This is one of the fine ones in town with locations all around the valley. So definitely check that out. We will be talking hopefully more edibles and cannabis in the future. This is Food and Loathing. I'm Jonathan Jossel, CEO of the Plaza Hotel and Casino. And we're located on the corner of Main Street. That's also the name of our podcast. The only podcast produced by a Vegas hotel. Are you a downtown regular? An occasional customer, or do you just want to know what goes on inside of the casinos? Whatever your reason, we have the answers, and we have a lot of fun. Join me, our great team here at the Plaza, and our guests from all over the city every week on our podcast on the corner of Main Street. We are back. So after all of that, Al, I know you're, you know, you've had your experience with, with edibles and marijuana and all that. And Jason and I are kind of newbies. Did you, Jason, get a chance to try anything since we recorded that piece? I didn't, Rich, but I know you did. I had a couple. I bought three things when we were there. Uh, Stacy and Beth's recommendations, one for sleep that was, eh, it was, it was okay. I tried half a gummy the first night because I'm a total virgin and didn't really do much for me or to me. Tried a full one the next night, and I slept soundly, but there was definitely some fuzz in the morning, really till late morning. I wasn't really thrilled with that. I well, tried... Is this THC or CBD? That this you is the THCs. Okay. So you got a little She said high. for sleep. Yeah, I got a little bit, not okay. much. And then there was one she, uh, Beth said, was good for being alert. And I took that, and I was very alert. To the fact that how stoned I was. <laughs> yeah, like I don't understand people who say they get things done on weed because no, um, I mean I've I've done a lot of mind altering substances in the day, um, not much these days, but um, I, I can never get anything done on weed. Yeah, I can write like crazy when I'm drunk. I mean, you need to edit it when you're sober, <laughs> but I cannot write. I can't write my name if I'm. Stoned. Yeah, it was everything was in super slow motion molasses thing. I had to go back for a. 
a couple of different naps. I did not try yet the gummies. She said this is for straight up getting messed up. And I, you know, I don't know if that I will or not. Uh, based on what I felt so far with the other two products, I have come to the conclusion that the THC high, just I don't, th- I don't know that it works for me. You're so, such a square man. Yeah, I guess so. I'm a traditionalist. It's back to the Macallan 12, or if uh, Al can afford it, the Johnny Walker Blue. Well, you know, if you still have the liver cells left to do that, I highly encourage you to do it that <laughs> way. Mine are in short supply these days, so um, yes, no longer my my um beverage of choice. Anyway, we continue with a bit of news and views and things that are happening going on. I'm going to mention that the folks who brought us Yonuts um, are- Yonuts! Yonuts! I feel like you have to have that sound. What makes it a Yonut as opposed to a Donut? You know, if you Google Al Mancini Review Journal Yonuts, you'll see a story I wrote, one of the last things I wrote for the Review Journal. But I'll tell you, the ones we have here did not do this. But these guys, they split a donut- in half and they put ice cream in the middle of it and then they put it on a waffle iron and they smash it together. One of the Shark Tank guys actually invested in this company and um, they're opening their first store in the Burbs here and that's opening up on today, the day that this actually this podcast drops. So they're on um, Centennial Center Boulevard. So they are now open by the time you hear this podcast. You can go check them out yourself. So that's my plug. Jason, you've got some articles people should be reading. I love plugging my own stuff, Al. Offthestrip.com, I got two things up there right now we've talked about Amalfi a few times by Bobby Flay my article just dropped there last week and it dropped this week was my article uh an interview with Chris Santos Beauty in Essex a very famed celebrity chef and And also a rock and roll guy man with his own record label he loves the heavy metal and he loves boxing I interviewed him and you and I were at the same dinner where he debuted his kind of once a week quote unquote secret menu item which is a Pulp Fiction inspired burger you open the box Green lights flare out. You get a fat burger and a peanut butter milkshake with it. And you don't need to have a Band-Aid on the back of your neck to enjoy it. There you go. You what the uh, You're the movie guy. You know yeah, Marcellus Wallace, right? Yeah, yeah, I know Pulp Fiction. We covered it in an awesome movie here. Quick plug for my other podcast. <laughs> um, let's just plug away. Um, <laughs> Al, what film-inspired food do you want to see? What? Or taste? Film-inspired food do I want Yeah, I- like he just did this whole burger and milkshake presentation based on Pulp Fiction. What would you want to see as a film-inspired food and beverage item? I don't know, man. I'm a classicist, so, you know, something... I've actually done a a dinner and a show where they showed Casablanca one time, and it was a solid meal, but I'd really like for somebody to do Moroccan cuisine. Nice. Yeah, do, you know, with, with, you know, here's looking at you, kid, kind of specials. I want to eat meatball subs on a surfboard and watch Point Break. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to watch. Do you mean the original Point Break? That's or the, the remake? only one. Yeah, there is okay. no such thing yeah. as a remake. That never happened. Okay, thank you for that. Also, um, speaking of things we do want to watch that are delicious, Gina Marinelli, our friend. I did watch it. It's called The Globe. Robert Irvine hosts it. It's a globally inspired uh, cooking competition on Discovery Plus, um, the likes of which. They say you've never seen before, but you have if you watched The Final Table on Netflix two years ago. <laughs> but I'm going to give a spoiler right now. So what it is it? It's five episodes, four chefs per episode. If you win your episode, you go on to the finale. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Spoiler. Gina was on the first show, and she crushed it. Whoa. She did amazing, and you could tell. I thought she was going to win because her point of view was so clear, and she did win. So you can see her in the finale. I was also at La Strega with Gina, and I had one of my favorite dishes this year. She's got this hamachi crudo, bright, acidic. It's got some green color to it, and it's on this black lavash squidding cracker. you got to go try you that. You should put a I will that up. try it tonight because I have reservations for uh, 515 for La Strega. Uh, I would I I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear you. Oh, we were going out. To- no, Tom, we could- tonight being yeah. when we do the podcast, oh, you okay. have to time travel, Al. Oh, okay. It's time travel. Rich, you'll have to tonight. let me know if I'm, Rich, you'll have to let me know if I'm right next week. And Al, yes, yeah. let's put a picture up on our socials. Put a picture up of that dish on our socials. You bet. Um, also, you said that's on Discovery Plus. I think that may be where Tom Papa's. Um, yeah. Food Network show which you have now to pay available, for. which you have to pay for, which yeah. is why I just ended up watching Baked Women Having Sex. But that's a whole <laughs> Did you watch thing. all 17? I haven't watched all 17. You want to go do a little viewing? Well, I have to catch up on the first few, but yeah. There were some bad movies. <laughs> oh, um, and as promised, we have a pair of tickets to give away for Tom. Tom Papa, the 30th, July 30th, Friday, July 30th, and make sure I'm getting that date right, at the Encore Theater at Wynn. Look, we've never done this before. We don't know what the response is going to be, but here's what I'm saying. If you tag Tag us on social media or go to you. You need to tag us if it's Twitter or Instagram, tag us. And so one is 
On Instagram, we're Food and Loathing Pod. On Twitter, we are at Food Loathing. Tag us and also tag at Tom Papa. That's all it is on both of them. He's very consistent. Put, give him a recommendation for baked goods. You can put a picture up. You could just say, hey, go to that alley that Al told you about in the Yukon Pizza. You can just give a picture of Wonder Bread if that's all you think is good in the baked goods here. But anybody who enters before midnight Monday night of this week, we're going to do a random selection from those people. And we will need to contact you back via your social media feed. So be open to messages. I know it sounds complicated, but it's really just putting a picture on freaking Instagram. Well, look, and you can also go to our Facebook page and do it there. Sure. The easiest way for us to get you a message is for you to follow us. So make sure you follow us on those socials. As Al said, tag us with a hashtag, but also add us so we know that it's coming in. Yes. So add us, tag us, definitely at us on everything, at Tom Papa on everything. We're going to see how this works. Hey, if nobody responds, you can be the only person and you're guaranteed to win the tickets or we'll have to give them to Rich. Yeah. Oh, darn. That's it for this episode of Food and Loathing. Thanks to all of our guest chefs, Stacey Dugan, Beth Schwartz of Elevate Magazine, and of course, Tom Papa. Go check out his show next Friday, Friday, July, uh, July 30th at the Encore Theater at the Wynn Las Vegas. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster or via the Wynn's website. Also, we got to thank Freddie at Gabby's Gorditas and the modern mixologist, Tony Abuganum. And we need to thank our friends at the Source Dispensary for letting us have a little bit of their space, which was awesome. And hopefully we'll be doing some more edibles um, reviews sometime soon. Um, so if you like what you heard, please join us again next time. We will drop new episodes every Friday. Next week, we head to downtown Las Vegas and hang out at the joint that made East Fremont a food destination, La Thai. That's right. And Al, please tell a friend about food and loathing. Not you, but our listeners, you know. I don't have any other friends. They're in this room. All right. You can subscribe or follow at any podcast platform. If you subscribe through Apple, please give us a nice review. Five stars, please. Or just reach us by direct email, info at foodandloathing.vegas. On social media, search Facebook for Food and Loathing. On Twitter, we're at Food Loathing. And on Instagram, find our lovely food pics at Food and Loathing Pod. With Jason Harris and producer Rich Johnson, I am Al Mancini, reminding you to stay hungry.